Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And man, has the landscape of college football drastically changed since the last time we recorded. Yeah, a little bit. Dude, it has been a little over a week since Nick Saban retired, and I'm still like kind of lost at this. It's it's you knew it was coming, right? Like we all knew this was coming. But the way it unfolded, he's in the middle of trying to interview coaches. And it's like he was sitting there. To me, it's like, do I really want to do this anymore? The, this tedious process, yada, yada. And he just decides, you know what? I'm going to hang it up. And, and broke the internet. Chris Lowe uh, had, had the scoop out there. And that has sent a ripple effect across college football that I don't think people were really expecting the depths of this to go, man. Like, we're to the point now where – Alabama, Nick Saban retiring has impacted like San Jose State. And I don't think anybody ever saw that coming. Uh, the Bama, Bama does have a new coach now in Kalen DeBoer after they lose, Washington loses to Michigan in the national championship. DeBoer takes the job at Bama. Your initial thoughts on the hiring, Saban retiring, what you took away from that, and DeBoer now the man in Tuscaloosa. Uh, initial thoughts are there goes the GOAT. I mean, like, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. Like, I, th- I think we all saw it coming the next five years. But honestly, yeah. I thought he had damn near five years left. And then he just goes and shocks us. And, and yes, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it, it was out of nowhere. It was, like, just I, I feel like he didn't want to leave the coverage bare, but I think he did not in terms of players, but in terms of coaches, Mm -hmm. in terms of options to replace him, all of his former assistants that are either we expect to be good or know to be good are so entrenched in where they are Mm -hmm. that no one was going to leave to come back um, outside of maybe Lane Kiffin. Yeah, maybe (laughs) he's not one that I would necessarily have wanted. So, yeah, it just it, it's a really it's such a weird spot in time for him to retire, I think. But when you stop looking at it like he left the covered bear and who could they bring in, you start looking at it like NIL is rapidly taking off, mm-hmm. the playoff is expanding, the conference maps are changing drastically. I can understand I start to understand it more of Saban spent his whole career adapting and adapting and adapting and not I need to find the right way to say this because I don't think that like he's 
he was pressing the boundaries of the rules any more than any any oh, no. of the other top programs or any of the other coaches that are still well respected and will always be well respected. Just I think you get to the point where a lot of stuff that maybe he wasn't doing full full bore is now f- legal full bore. Right. Like NIL. And throw that on top of the transfer portal. It's it's already tough to recruit kids out of high school. Correct. And now they get access to money and they have more mobility. It's just like, how do you work on constructing your roster every year? How do you plan for the future? And I think I think that I, I don't I don't want to like say I have any great insight, but like I would not be surprised if that paid a, played a major factor in his decision. No, I think it definitely did, man, because I, I feel like right now it's a young man's game when it comes to coaching because the the people who are into it and who have bought into this this whole new era of college football are young guys who can relate to the players. Uh, they don't mind being out hustling and, and doing the recruit. Like Lane Kiffin yesterday, dude, Caleb Downs is in the portal. Uh, one of Bama's best players, he's hitting the portal. Lane Kiffin, the ultimate troll, it's like uh, we were on air, so it's probably about four in the afternoon yesterday. As we're recording this on a Thursday, so this would have been Wednesday the 17th. Lane Kiffin puts a picture up on uh, Twitter. He's one mile from the campus of Alabama going to meet Downs. Like, there's things like that that Lane Kiffin gets it. Sark gets it. Kirby Smart. Dan Lanning. These guys who understand, and a lot of them learned from Saban. Really, all of them did. They, they learned all this from Saban. So they're putting that knowledge of what it takes to build a championship culture and mindset with the new adaptability and being young and going out there. And that's something I think Saban kind of struggled with as he's getting older. Like, you're great at what you do, but you've you've gone – you've You've set people up so well that they're starting to pass you. Like, you know, and I think that's a point to where he kind of recognizes the situation and says, you know what? I'm going to step back. I'm going to let everybody else carry the torch and I'm just going to enjoy it from beside and try to fix the issues that the NCAA is facing right now. Yeah. Personally, the way I look at that isn't so much as those individuals have passed him up, but those individuals are more built for the game, which has passed Correct. him up. Yeah, that, that's a better way and, of putting it. And I, again, I think he's the GOAT, so I, I'm not saying any of this to, like, crap on Saban. Just, I think he's he's a very principled guy. He 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 sticks to his guns, and I th- the read I get from him all the time is just, like, cut the crap, don't listen to the rat poison, mm-hmm. do your thing, work hard, and you can be great. Right. Like, you have to have some talent, obviously, but, like, I think he's not about the dog and pony show that it's becoming. I think he's not about having to re-recruit his roster. He's like, I already recruited you once. You are at the place that has won the most national championships mm. ever. Right. Like, what more do you need? What more do you need? Don't come asking for more every right. offseason. Don't make me re-recruit you every offseason. I'm trying to get you good teammates to help you win championships. Yeah. Like, I truly, truly think that it's just like, okay, are you kidding me? No, I'm not about this. Like, Kiffin, it's it's looking like the NCAA is becoming more of a young man's coaching game. Yeah, it is. And when the goat is only getting older, that's it's going to pass him by eventually, or he's going to. I also feel like this is one of the most graceful exits, mm. where he's just like, "Yep, it's my time. It's not." Some whole. This is my last season. Uh, are they going to go out on top? It's not. It, it's not a. It's not a show. Right. He's just like this is my job. I did my job. I'm done trying to do my job. I've earned my retirement. 
No, no, that's a great point. And it's not like he's going to disappear, right? He's still going to be hands-on with this program. He's going to have an office at at the the facilities. And that's something, too, that I think a lot of coaches, when they were looking at this job, is like, it's difficult for anybody to come in and replace the best that's ever done it at any position. I mean, it doesn't matter what field you're looking at. If you're replacing somebody who's elite at what they do, that's difficult in any circumstance. Um, and then you give it with everything and all the eyes on Alabama. I kind of like that they went outside of his coaching tree. And I like the fact that you bring in a guy in Kalen DeBoer who understand. like, I feel like this is another thing with college football is you're seeing these hires where you, for so long, you started seeing the retread, the same guys would get the, now you're looking at guys like DeBoer, Kleiman, Leipold, who built it, and they showed that they can win at every level they've been, and they get an opportunity. So I like that you bring him in there. I like that he's got that kind of blue-collar mentality, that mindset that I'm willing to learn and continue to have Saban around without that being an issue, and kind of embracing that. Now it's going to be – because I think he's going to have to learn how you recruit in that area um, – how you, the, the relationships, I think navigating and trying to keep the, the regents and everything out of the building like Saban was able to do. I think having Saban around can help him with that aspect. And just So you don't want that program, you don't want that athletic department to become like Auburn where everything's a distraction. And you've had that clear for years. So if you're able to, if DeBoer's able to have Saban around to like deflect that and learn from him, I think it's great for the future of Alabama. It's just a matter of now you're dealing with as you're with DeBoer, you're recruiting players who've traditionally just came to Alabama for Saban. You're in a situation now, do they want to come play for the A, or were they only coming there for the GOAT? Yeah, I, I think that's a big question. Uh, I think Saban, like, kind of pseudo-sticking around is going to help that and keep us from having as good of an answer because I think to answer that question properly, you can't have Saban around at all. I think you got to know either completely no Saban, just the A, or they're together. Right. Um, but I, if we know Saban's there, if we know what he's doing, that's a problem. That's a oh, big you know, problem. I agree. Yes. Like it has to be DeBoer's show. Right. It can't, it can't be the only way it can be muddled is they're having so much success with DeBoer or they're so close to winning national titles that you're like, we know Saban's around somewhere. What what exactly is he right. doing? Because like he's the goat. You know he's he's definitely helping. Zabor is doing this, but like Saban's helping. Yeah. Otherwise, if you hear any speculation about Saban through most of next year and they're not on that level of good, that's a problem for Zabor. That's a problem for Alabama. They need to be success. They need to show they can be successful without Saban. Without really feeling like Saban's. Saban's doing anything day to day with the program. Can they do that? I think so. Will they do that? That's mm-hmm. that's the question. And I'm just I have my doubts. Honestly, I do have my doubts. I I have my doubts because DeBoer is able to build things up very clearly, mm. but he's going to a place where he doesn't necessarily need to build as much. He needs to maintain. Right. He's moved so fast through the ranks. I haven't seen him maintain anything. You know? Yeah. And frankly, yes, part of it is because he left Washington, but the roster exodus at Washington, like, was he going to be able to reload there? I what, don't think what was so. Washington, what's Washington, what would Washington's record next year have been like under DeBoer in the Big Ten? Would they even been close to competing for a conference title game spot? 
No, that's a good question. And, that, and that's honestly a good transition too, because now if you're Washington, you're sitting in a situation where you're right. Your whole roster has been decimated. A lot of the guys, Penix, Roma Dunze, all them are going to the draft. Um, Jabbar Muhammad, your best defensive player. He's in the transfer portal. More than likely, I think he's going to end up at Texas. He's from DeSoto. His cousin's on the team. Um, he's, so I think he's going to end up there. But yeah, you're sitting in a situation. If you're Washington right now, you brought in Jed Fish. You hired Jed Fish from Arizona, which I like the hire. I think it's a good hire. It sucks for Arizona because you had one year of elite. I wouldn't say elite, but you had the best, arguably the best year in your program's history. You had sustained, what could have been sustained stability going into the Big 12. Now you were able to hold on to a lot of pieces there. But anyway, now you're looking at Washington where you're going. You have a complete roster rebuild. Right now, the only quarterback you have on your roster is, um, the, was it Will? I'm drawing a blank. Will Rogers from uh, that came over from Mississippi State, which I'm not sold on him. I think he has arm he's issues. Back in the transfer portal, but he's still on their roster right now, and he he's uh because he was on the transfer portal, but he's went back and he's still on campus, and he's the only quarterback they have available right now as they go into spring football. So, yeah, your dude, I don't I don't know if I, that situation would be the same. I feel like if DeBoer was still there, you would still have you know. Muhammad and them, but it's going to be a complete rebuild regardless. So how do you see this transition for Washington as you're going into the Big Ten? And does Jeff fit, Jed Fish, the hire, what does it do for you if you're a Huskies fan? I mean, I'd like to hear your opinion on that first, honestly. I Okay, so I, I feel like Jed Fish is a good hire. Um, I feel like the way thing, his exit from Arizona, and if you look at his career, he's he's has a short tenure everywhere he goes. Like, he just bounces around. He's a journeyman type of coach. He's got plenty of experience in the NFL. He knows how to build a roster. Um, he's had success at the college level. I think he can go in and do great things there. But his exit, dude, like three minutes, it looked like he was been ready to get the hell out of Tucson. And so that kind of sucks. But that's where we're at right now. Because I hate when you try to sell kids, like, come here, come here. We're going to do all this and then chunk the deuce and we're out. That's why I love the, the, free of, the freedom of movement the players have. But I think he can go in there. He brought his whole offensive staff. I just... I think it's going to be so hard for anybody right now to recruit to Washington with Oregon on such a damn heater and Dan Lanning and them being right there. They have so much stability, money, and everything. I feel like it's going to be difficult for Washington to get back on track, and I don't think that we're going to see a Huskies program be this kind of talented and on par for quite some time. Yeah, I think think you're smart to point out Oregon there because there's that two two forces of Oregon's on the come up yeah and you're going into a harder conference yep. which means that you're probably going to struggle frankly this year and after that stuff snowballs quickly mm-hmm. opinions change quickly especially for high schoolers so you have like if you dip down to like a seven and five this year that's bad yeah that that's really bad that really puts you in a bad spot um as far as Jed Fish goes, it was a hire they had to make at Washington because if there's anyone who can counteract that, maybe not necessarily in in one year, but like keep them at an eight and four or nine and three, and then be able to build back and compete against an Oregon. Mm. Um, as far as Pacific Northwest recruits and and maybe some of those Cali recruits, yeah, like the the West Coast guys, the regional guys that you might now have to fight off some Big Ten schools for. Um, I think that's very important. And Jed Fish is the is the guy who can probably compete best with that. Um, as far as the the whole like Arizona aspect of that, I don't blame Fish for 
kind of wanting to leave because he's in a place where he doesn't know if he's going to have financial backing, not just for his salary, but for his coaching staff and for his players. And that that's the name of the game now is making sure you have enough money to go to the players and the coaching staff and yourself. Um, And then beyond that, I, I will say I, I don't like framing the, the player mobility argument around coach mobility. Mm. Because it's still this weird middle ground between is it it's it's more than just a job for the players. You can't say it's not a job because that's how much time and effort oh, and energy they put in. It's yeah. a job, but it's not the only thing they're there to do. Right. They're also there to be students. They should be there to be students. They should be there to take advantage of free tuition and and room and board to get a degree while they're playing football, while they're auditioning for the NFL. Mm. Um, So I like, I wish coaches, I wish coach mobility could be limited in some way. That way we could keep player mobility limited and not feel like it's unfair. Right. Um, But I don't, I hate the idea of the coach being able to leave a place after one year because I hate the idea of a player being able to leave a place after one year multiple times. Right, yeah, I, I don't like that either. And that, that's the other thing is that a coach is never going to, like, make those one-year stops. That, that just, that's just so much less common. And because of the time frame players have in college, it does seem equal on a certain level to the coach's mobility. But at the same time, like... Coaches and players just seem to be screwing each other over by moving as much as they are. I don't know if that will calm down as we age into this era, mm-hmm. as we like get more accustomed to it, and guys are like, okay, the grass isn't always greener. Right. I will not always get more money. But until then, I do think it, sh- it should be looked into a bit just because of how insane it is that a guy can be trying to play six, seven years of college. Well, I know that number's going to go down after the COVID stuff fully oh, processes so. out. But, like, he can be look. It won't seem that abnormal that a guy's played at three or four colleges. Or maybe not played at, but but been in classes right, at. Right, yeah. So that that's an issue. And, and I know it's a kind of a tangential topic from this coaching search mm-hmm. and all. But, I mean, we look at the roster turnover. Of of Alabama at who are at like twenty nine guys God, not returning. Gutted, yeah, we're looking at Washington who has like what, what was it twenty two twenty three guys. There, yeah. it, it's, I mean, I saw a tweet that said uh, like I don't think any any of the playoff teams. I don't think any of them have more than eleven starters coming back, or maybe yeah, te- it was nine. It, it was Texas that has the most. Yes, Texas I believe has the it most. Was, I think it's like nine or yeah, eleven. Yeah, it, or something it like was that. thirteen for 13, Texas, okay, and the rest were all single digits. Yeah. Alabama was at the bottom with three. Yeah, Alabama had. Oh, three. I thought it was Washington with three. Might have been Washington. I think it was Washington with yeah. three. Alabama with like six yes, or something. Yes, yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know how you can sustain that or build. I, I don't. I don't know. It sucks. Um, it's crazy, but as far as so as far as Arizona, and I, we can end with this. But bef- prior to all this, um, I thought Jetfish and what Arizona was able to do last year was so impressive. How they finished it with the the great win over Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. You have Noah Fafita, McMillan, like that is that could be one of the most elite combos in college football as they progress if they stay together. 
Um, I, I honestly thought that they could come in and would be one of the front runners going into the Big 12 this year. Now, with Jed Fish, I would have thought Fish. the same. But now you bring in Brent Brennan, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a Brent Brennan expert. I know he has done good things at San Jose State under horrific financial circumstances. And, like, I'm talking fundraising for damn food, broken goalposts. Like, it's crazy what they've been able to do there. And I watched them this past year against USC. That was really the only time I watched them. They were a fun team to watch. They gave the Trojans all they could handle. Three quarters, and USC ultimately just got the dub on them. But I don't – I need to see it first. Um, I, I I don't know that I'm comfortable saying Arizona is a front runner right now. They easily could be because you have the playmakers, like I mentioned, Fafita McMillan coming back. But it's going to be a different scheme, learning and everything. I need to see that transition um, through the first few weeks before I get a, a better gauge on them. But right now, dude, I think the coaching change has me a little apprehensive on how I view Arizona going into next season. Yeah, I mean, me too. <laughs> Just, it's not, I don't know who they could have grabbed so late in the cycle. Yeah. It just... Knowing the struggles Arizona has financially, knowing the roster struggle of keeping guys when your great coach leaves. Yeah. Oh, man. Because, yeah, San Jose State, they've been doing a lot with very little. Very, very little. Very little. I just don't know if that's going to translate. Yeah. I especially don't know if it's going to translate when it's not just a jump up to, to the Pac-12, but... The whole university is making the jump to the Big 12. Yeah, everything's going to be new, man. And so I'm not saying that like the Big 12 is above what the Pac-12 was. It's it's just there is so much change. I think I think it's a hit or miss question. Like truly a either it's great or it's bad. Yeah. Nothing really in between. Could be wrong about that. But I also I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to be good. Right. So like if I had to answer my my own question there, I'm I'm going to go out and say it's going to be bad. Like Arizona is going to be wor- should be worried about going back to what they were before Jed Fish got there. I agree. Which, as a football program under like someone, oh, geez, yeah. rich, not Rod. good, <laughs> just not good. Yeah. Flat out, easy, simple, not good. And they have every reason to think that they could be competitive in football in the Big Twelve. They should be if they can get their money right. They're not in a bad recruiting area. They now have access to to Big 12 recruiting areas. They can still pull from the West Coast. Like they're a fun school. They have fans. Tucson's that, a cool city, man. They have fans that will get crazy yeah. if you're good enough to show that they should come out into the sun and watch football because their basketball team's great yeah. and you know they're gonna pack that out. Like it this stuff, it's not it's not quite like sleeping giant like we would talk about Arizona State. No, no, no. But there is still plenty of promise there. So they need to get their financials right because with all the change, all that uncertainty, I just don't believe Brennan is going to be able to get get them or keep them at the heights that right. Fish had them aiming for. No, I agree with that. It, it's going to be interesting, man. It's just crazy that how everything has unfolded uh, because going into that natty, and this is something we haven't even brought up, but like, I, the the whole time like going into the natty, everything was on Harbaugh, Harbaugh's future. We have so many coaching changes, and Harbaugh is still out there. Like that's that's where we're at right oh, now. Harbaugh's going to be gone. He's going to be in the NFL. Uh, it's just funny how all the smoke was around this one coaching change in the offseason, and everything else is totally came out of nowhere, including. Oh, Saban. we'll be doing a video in probably like a month once the the NFL playoffs are over, and like there we have certainty on Harbaugh. Oh, definitely. Because let's be real, 
I don't think he's saying he did everything he set out to do. Yeah. So we're going to have another little, little round of the carousel. Yep. And who knows what, what good coach is going to get grabbed to go to Michigan if they don't hire internally. Yeah. That's going to be quite, they better hire internally, but yes, because otherwise they could really mess some stuff. They better hire internally, but yeah, Luke fickle. Leave Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to yeah. do it for today's episode. We'll be back on Monday. I definitely want to get into some hoops. There's been a lot of great hoops uh, stories going on, including horns down from UCF to Rodney Terry. Texas, you better get ready, baby. Going to the SEC. Don't be so soft. That's going to do it. I'm Garrett Ross. That's Jack McKenzie. This has been the College Chaos Podcast. We out. <laughs>